podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the AI Fantasy Football Show. I'm the host, as usual, Guy Drinkle, and it's only one person joining me today. It's Jay. How are you doing, buddy? Um, as good as can be, considering I'm bottom of the league in the AI competitive Moneyball Fantasy Football League. But yeah, you know, someone's got to talk about it. No one else wants to come on. So it's just me and you talking fantasy fuzz. I haven't looked where Simon is. I think the whole Berlin thing might be a lie if he's not doing too well. Yeah, he uh, he did mention he was going to Berlin. In fact, it could actually be true because he did hit me up for some tips last week since I was there a couple of weeks ago. So Just thickening the plot. He... Well, he's fifth. No wonder he's not on. He's fifth. Yeah, giving, it well, Billy, giving it Billy Big Bollock at the start of the season. He's got European football to contend with this year, hasn't he? So he's obviously gone on his adventures. Absolutely, absolutely. You've gone scouting. Um, so, yeah, Jay, as we do, obviously, the first game week, um, you mentioned your bottom. Uh, but how, how many points did you get and how do you think you did or any areas you think you regret making or moves you regret making? Anything like that? Um, not really, no. I, uh, I totaled 52 points. The average was 65 and if Anybody knows I do like a good average game week. However, I was below this week. Um, I was purely saved by Mo Salah being my captain. It was a toss-up between him and Trent. Obviously, I went with the right one, considering Trent conceded the goal, which knocked his points down. But other than that, uh, there was not a lot of points to be had across my team. Uh, only Aubameyang and uh, Martin Kelly got me some decent points for keeping a clean sheet against the F. Um, I've got Quite a few players who probably you're going to sit back and leave. Um, in my starting lineup, I did have uh, Ceballos from Arsenal, Zaha from Palace, and Bernardo Silva from City, who did not start at all. Um, so obviously, they was poor points returns. I got a couple of points for Ceballos and Zaha coming off the bench, but nothing other than that. Um, and then my strikers, which I thought would have been bankers for the weekend, uh, Vardia home to Wolves and Wilson at home to Sheffield United both drew blanks um, so quite disappointed in them but the biggest disappointment is probably me keeper which we'll come on to touch but I think it's a case of a slow start and it's just early season worries not to worry too much though um, form will come good and the class will show <laughs> using using Vardy in the same class is probably a bit of an a stretch, but you know that—that's what I'm going to go with for now. Yeah, I've got your team in front of me. I mean, there's a couple, not question marks, but kind of people who've had interesting summers. I mean, you Zaha as the example. Do you think? Do you think he'll kind of get over the whole transfer site trying to push through a move to Everton? For God's sake, uh, do you think he'll settle, or do you think he'll be one who will kind of throw the toys out the pram big style? You would like to think he would do the Coutinho move of a couple of years ago and not get his move, albeit to Everton. Hardly a glamorous move when you compare it to Barcelona, but a move nonetheless. Um, 
and probably knuckle down. And he is, we've probably seen he is the main guy for Palace, even that proved that on Saturday. Um, they've not really brought much in this season in terms of reinforcements. Uh, they're relying on Ben Teche and Connor Wickham again to get the goals, which is likely. Oh, yeah. He left and come back and he made a big scene that he had come back because he'd returned from a loan deal. Uh, yeah, I'd probably say that Sahar is, is their main man. And if he's got any true desires to actually leave, he, A, he can probably do much, much better than Everton. Um, and B, he should probably take a leaf out to like the likes of Coutinho's book and think, well, if I get me head down between now and Christmas, there's going to be bigger clubs than Everton who are going to come in for me. I mean, we did see rumours that he was linked with the likes of uh, Spurs and Arsenal, but also the likes of Dortmund as well in Germany. So if he if he has got the, the actual desire to move to a Champions League or European football playing club, um, he should probably get his head down. I, and I imagine he probably will because he seems like he's quite a driven character and it, he wants it to be about him. And he is the big, big fish in the very small power spond. Um, so I can see him knuckling down and getting goals. Um, and the other two... Vardy, I'm not too worried about. Um, he's had a quiet summer in terms of Jamie Vardy, but I think now he's he's settled into the fact that he's probably Leicester for life. Um, and Callum Wilson has just seemed to have gone about his business. He scored a lot of goals in pre-season. That's what made me mm. put him in. And obviously the the force of the way Sheffield United sort of plays. I wouldn't call it defending because they, they end up with the centre-arse playing on the right wing sometimes. It's... It's a bit of a crazy tactic and I can imagine him getting spanked a few times. Um, I thought Callum Wilson would have actually ran a mock there, but fair play to Sheffield United. You know, they, they held out in whatever way they did and they got the late goal. Um, and probably that's another issue we could come on to is these forwards that have come up from the lower league. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I'll, I'll actually pencil that in for after the big talking point that you you alluded to at the start. Um, I'll go through my team quickly. Um, I got seventy five points. The average was sixty five, so ten above that, which will do me. Um, Henderson and goal got two, unfortunately, with that jammy goal at the end by Bournemouth. Um, Van Dijk, eight. Montoya came off my bench for six, which was lovely. Uh, Zinchenko, six. Salah, 12. De Bruyne, seven. Perez, disappointing, three. Fraser, one. Again, disappointing. Jota, two. Kane was my captain and got 26. Wood got me two, because he was brilliant in pre-season. And then Ashley Barnes scores the goals in the real game, so that's how, that's how it works. Um, and then literally zero points on my bench from Trossard, who was the gamble of the season. Gibson, who played all of pre-season, then was dropped. And Christiansen, we will come on to Chelsea versus Manchester United v Chelsea. Don't you worry about that. Um... So, yeah, in terms of me thinking-wise, I'm not really sure where I can think of. I think Fraser, again, similarly with you and Wilson, I'll I'll probably just wait and see. I mean, he should be a safe amount of points, but I think Bournemouth have Villa next. Yes, they yeah, do. Yeah, away to Villa. Yeah. But then they do face, they face Man City at home, but then they have got a nice run yeah. after that, um, including a couple of home games against Everton and West Ham away to Leicester and Southampton. So the first eight games, you probably 
I imagine there's a lot of people in this situation where they've gone with a few Bournemouth players if they take a leaf out of last season's book where they, they flew out the blocks and obviously as you say Fraser was the one of the bargains of the season um, I think we've all sort of had a little small gamble on a, a Bournemouth player or two and I guess we just if, if we're if we're strong enough players, we'll we'll let it play out and see how they do over the next few weeks. Yeah, I don't. Even if you just swap him out for the Man City game, it's a, it's easy enough with uh, every pretty much everyone seven point five or under. It's pretty easy to transfer back to Fraser or, or Wilson in, in your case. So yeah, I did like, definitely keep Fraser about for the foreseeable. Um, the only one possibly Perez. I think I think I saw like one of those squawker stat. Um, insight things and he literally had zero of anything so if if he's going to have one of his bad spells which we saw quite a lot of Newcastle he might be an early trade-off um, I'm not sure who to because I think Leicester have difficult fixtures but as a team they should eventually click and start scoring goals so maybe Tielemans is the safer bet there or, or, or something like that but yeah it's, again it's an easy trade-off from Perez um yeah, I think the rest of my team, I, I, it's just wait and see. Chris Wood maybe is the only one, or maybe Jota if the Europa League starts affecting Wolves. But again, e- easy swaps. But I, I think for now, I, I know transfers is a big part of this show. Probably just keep as is for now. Uh, maybe Christensen, who's on my bench, but I, we'll, we'll, as I said, we'll talk about that game in a bit. Um, so you you mentioned it, Jay. Allison getting injured. And it looks like it's going to be probably till the international break at the earliest. And when Klopp gives out a time period for injuries, it tends to be uh, on the optimistic side. So it might be longer than that. But um, you obviously had Alisson and obviously we're both Liverpool fans on the Liverpool channel and all that jazz. But it's devastating for us as fans and obviously it impacts a lot of people fantasy wise. Is your strategy now simply to go to Wedison or are you thinking get make some money and go down to a 4-5 or 5 or 5-5? Five five five? Yeah, well, I'll give you a little short story. I was on holiday last week and my plane got delayed coming home, which happened to be Friday night. And as soon as I touched down in Manchester Airport, I put my phone on, Sky Sports Mobile, we're 3-0 up and Alison's on the floor. So I was like, oh shit, what's oh, he done? God. Um, and he went off. But at that moment in time, I did not feel the panic when Adrian come on as to what it would when Mingley oh, God, would yeah. have come on. So um, in all due respect of what's gone on, we probably have took this a lot better than what we would have had it be Mingley come off the bench and we didn't have Adrian in our squad. Um, it's not ideal, but last season we got really lucky with injuries. None of our big men got injured, really. If we're going to get any probably now is the best time to get them, maybe any, where we've not got key games in such of um, Champions League. That's mm. not coming until September. So, as you touched on there, Klopp's estimates is a few weeks. Is that Salah's few weeks, where Salah's back in two or three weeks, or is it Gomez's few weeks, where he's out for three months? We just don't know. But I've gone straight away and traded him for Adrian because mm-hmm. I trust our defence. We've got pretty decent fixtures coming up in the in the running of the season. Um, I mean, our only tough one, really, is to go away to Stamford Bridge. And as we've mentioned, Chelsea will come on to them. But across the first eight or nine games, the only pink fixtures highlighted in our uh, schedule are home to Arsenal and away to Chelsea. 
I fancy us at home to Arsenal any day. And uh, Chelsea, we've well, if they're going to show up like they did the other day, then I'd fancy us to go there. And then the other games, I can't really see much teams troubling us. Although we did look rather troubled at the back on Friday night, which to me, I think, was just purely Gomez has not played enough with Van Dijk over the last six months. It's been massive. It was harsh to leave him out. Um, but I think long term, we do obviously see Gomez as the starting centre-back. Um, I think Matip might come back in for tomorrow's game against Chelsea in the Super Cup. I think he's just using a bit of squad rotation. And at home to Norwich, it was on paper the ideal game to get Gomez in, get him some minutes in the big big time. And All right, we, we looked a bit shaky, but it's early season. So I fancy us to tighten that up over the next couple of weeks. So yeah, I've I've stopped, dropped straight down from six to four and a half with the swap to Adrian, but I will probably keep that in the bank and then probably switch back to Allison when he does come back and he's fully fit. Um, because that was my mistake last season. I started with Allison. I pinned them off with my wild card in the roundabouts end of September. Mm. Regretted it massively until I got him back in about February because I missed out on several clean <laughs> sheets. So I'm probably just going to stick with the Liverpool keeper throughout the season and I know a lot of people have different theories on keepers do you go four and a half do you go big um, and obviously it affects you across the rest of the team but I'm going to I'm going to think go big um, and stick with Alisson because obviously it's an unfortunate situation but other than that he is an ever present so he's he's guaranteed points every week and you're probably guaranteed a clean sheet 50% of the time so yeah that's what I'm going to do across the long run do you do you think Allison's injury will affect a lot of wild card strategies? Because some people you marked um, game week three, but if we have to wait for the international break, I'm not sure how many. I think that's four or five weeks away. If if um, people are waiting for Allison to come back, maybe delay it a bit, and then you can eat, you can still move that money about if you want with Adrian, but you can always get him back in quite easily. Yeah, um, I think the, we've got four weeks. Well, four rounds of fixtures yet to the end of August. Bangkok, uh, the end of August is 31st, yeah. And then we got an international break on the 7th of September, is the Saturday. So that's the international weekend. Um, so, yeah, we've got four weeks. I think obviously people will see where they, they lie with the squads and the teams. And also, not ruling out that the European window is still open until the end of August. So you may see. A couple of players depart over that period. Um, obviously, the likes of Pogba is rumoured to be looking for a move. Um, he obviously had a, yeah. he had a good game week, Ericsson. Uh, there's a few others probably. We have not got in our forefront of our mind. We probably will shift out probably from the lower league teams that you might not realise. Um, so it's probably, yeah, it's in the back of people's minds to work out, but if you do drop your goal, it does free of one and a half million and one and a half is quite a lot at the early start of the season before you get some price rises and price drops. I mean, I don't see them putting any price changes in this week, but it is only early in the week as we record on the Tuesday. Tuesday, Thursday, maybe that they throw in the price change. But, yeah, it's it's a gamble to wildcard early. Obviously, I made the mistake last year of doing it very early. And when you get to Christmas time and you have got a lot of fixtures and a lot of injuries do start piling up, I think that's when the latter start of the first half of the season is when I'm going to look to use mine. Um, 
I wouldn't panic because it's only, as we said, the first first week. Uh, a lot of teams have freak performances. We've seen a few crazy results over the weekend, so I wouldn't get too distressed over what you've got. You're probably best just to lay low until at least the end of August and see how the window unfolds and how your team's playing by then. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that in general. But maybe a team that is panicking, and if anyone's gone heavy on Chelsea, maybe you're an Uber Chelsea fan. You probably not. You won't be listening to this, but maybe there will be some out there. Uh, I mean, getting beat by United at Old Trafford is fine, but getting beat four nil by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as Man United at Old Trafford is not fine, and they looked abysmal defensively. They did all right for the first 15 minutes, attacking-wise. I think they hit the post, and Pedro looked okay, and Tammy, Tammy Abraham was all right in that, and then he went ghost mode. But Chelsea looked bloody awful. United didn't look great, but they did score the four goals, and, and Martial, Rashford, and Pogba looked all right. But Chelsea, I mean, I have Christiansen, and that's probably the only one I'd think about changing. I mean, if anyone's gambled on... Pulisic on Pedro you could probably keep because he, he was the only one who really did anything but if you've gambled on one of the strikers I mean surely that's an instant move off them I know they've got easier fixtures to come but they just they look like someone who was managed by an amateur manager and that's what they are yeah I mean I didn't catch much of the game I will be honest I did catch probably more on the match today two highlights on Sunday night but attacking wise they put a few nice plays together and they looked threatening in small spells. But you've got to look at who they started. They're starting with championship players, basically, in the forward line, apart from Pedro. I mean, you're relying on Tammy Abraham, who he's had spells in the Premiership and failed. He's gone back down to the Championship and scored a few goals. However, he was marshalled by the world's greatest centre-back. We must say this, £80 million, better <laughs> than Van Dijk. One game in, um, the media can't give him enough plaudits. So... We almost now make Harry Maguire the King of England and almost having him our fancy football teams because he's guaranteed 38 clean sheets this season. I don't know if you know that, but it's all out there in the media. Um, but yeah, we must take that into consideration. Obviously, they had the likes of Mason Mount in there. Um, Pulisic was left on the bench. But then, not that he's my cup of tea, but he's, he's an okay player. Okay, defender. I would say he has a lot of mistakes with David Luiz to sell him to Arsenal. Something's gone on behind the scenes. Uh, who you believe? It's up to yourself. Do you believe Frank or do you believe what Luiz is saying? But either way, it was a massive risk to be selling one of your better and fit centre halves at this point of the season. If you were probably going to let him go, get get till December out of him and then flog him in January because eight million was is not into Chelsea. I mean. We all know the issues that happened with Roman Abramovich pumping money and stuff like that. But Rudiger's out. Christiansen is still young and learning. And I can't think for the life of me who the others. Zuma. Zuma uh, Tamori. He was having an absolute nightmare. I mean, Everton wanted him back and didn't get him. I mean, on that evidence, Everton fans are probably going, well, thank fuck for that. We've, we've not got him back because clearly he's had a mad summer and lost a few marbles. Uh, but... I hope they play tomorrow. Uh, I hope Zuma starts and Christensen um, because they're naive at the back and they're a young team. It's a it's a big season for them. But I've not touched the Chelsea player because 
I didn't know who was going to start and who was going to play. I mean, you might look at it further into the season and you might see a consistent lineup and you might pick up one or two players. But even the likes of William and Pedro looked a bit off the boil anyway at the weekend. So I wouldn't be touching Chelsea with a barge ball at the moment. Um, and it would be nice just to see another big club fall into the demise. But I wish the media would get out the backside of Man United because as bad as Chelsea were and Maguire playing against the Championship centre-half, they've actually gone over the top and think that they're going to win everything that they're in this <laughs> season. And it's embarrassing, really. I mean, Sky and the, the natural national media love Man United and it's just been bubbling away for the past five or six months while Ollie's drove the bus off a cliff. That one good result, they couldn't wait to get them back up there. But, you know, let them have the moments. I mean, I'm sure they'll all fall to pieces again soon. I mean... One piece of gammon doesn't make a roast dinner, does it? <laughs> a big piece of gammon, to be fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it is a, it is, it is very true. The uh, insufferable wanking has uh, it's been a bit much considering it was an awful Chelsea performance. Um, but I mean, on the other side of that coin, we had Manchester United. They didn't, they didn't blow Chelsea away. I think it's obviously strange saying that when they win four 0 but having watched that, I mean, I nearly fell asleep in the first half. Somehow I didn't. Um, but the second half, I mean, Chelsea just crumbled and Man United pretty much pounced on some really bad mistakes. So, But does that change your outlook on Man U? I mean, Rashford, Martial, who probably, well, Martial Morsa's probably been the forgotten man in terms of FPL. I think I agree with you. Pogba's definitely a wait and see. He could get as many points as he wants, but with that transfer looming over him, it, 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 I think it's still too risky. But um, do you think Man United are now becoming, or seemingly becoming, a, more of an option, even defensively? They looked a bit better with Lindelof, uh, Wan-Bissaka and uh, Maguire, bloody hell, I forgot his name. Um, but yeah, they, they did look better defensively, which obviously not very hard considering they had like Phil Jones last year. But do you think it's still wait and see, or is Man United worth a gamble? I think defensively it might be a case of wait and see and just see how they play out over the next few games and they might prove to have tightened up. But for me, I don't see it. Um, the one player that is of interest really for me is is Martial because he's registered as a midfielder this season. So if he is going to play in an advanced role and play regularly, then he probably is someone that you could look at. Um, that could come into your midfield. I mean, you, the, the midfield is a heavily stacked area anyway, given the fact you've got the likes of Bernardo, Sterling, Salah, who all feature within the midfield selection, but they also feature, the, well, Sterling and Salah anyway, the, at the higher echelons of the price bracket. But looking ahead towards what Man United have got over the next few weeks, they travel to Wolves, got Palace at home, travel to Southampton, Leicester at home, and travel to West Ham. The... The mid-table fixtures um, that they could go either way were like last season Man United. Those were the type of fixtures that they were struggling and dropping points in. But if they are actually going to turn the corner, which they threaten to look like they're having a peep around there on Sunday, then it might be worth a change to a couple of their players, uh, especially the attacking ones. It depends how they play out. But I think it, again, it's a it's a case of stick with what you've got for me and see how they play out because it's the first game of the season. You can you can take a look at a few teams and 
you could be tempted by a couple of players. Um, but for me, probably Martial is the one that, if he starts regularly, is the one that I might actually look to switch to. Yeah, Martial seven seven point five. I mean, we talked about I I talked about Fraser earlier. That's the same price. If if comes to desperate situation, might might be an easy switch there. If United uh, continue to perform, just have a look at Man United's fixtures. Uh, Wolves away, obviously tough. Um, Crystal Palace at home. Crystal Palace are probably better away, if I remember correctly. Southampton away, time will tell with them. They obviously got smashed by Burnley on the first game. Leicester at home. Um, again, tough game. And West Ham away. Which, going off going off the first game, which is probably the easiest fixture in the league. But West Ham always get tonked by City, so time will tell with that one as well. So that, that's, that's five game weeks. I mean, maybe that tough patch will tell us more than a, a, a awful Chelsea team. Um so yeah, maybe a wait and see, but I think an easy swap for anyone who's got Fraser might be Martial in the future. Um so yeah, that that was that was the big game of the weekend, I suppose. Um but there was some surprising results, Jay. I mean there was a couple surprising victories, or not, maybe not surprising victories, but surprising style of victory for Burnley and Brighton. Um Brighton people have tipped quite strongly for uh, for relegation and then Watford are one of them teams everyone sees as pretty comfortably mid-table, but Brighton went out and beat them 3-0. Um, Burnley the same, but Burnley are much more long-standing and, and got their style and everything. But Brighton with their new manager, 3-0 against a decent Watford team. I mean, are they the team to really look at? I mean, Trossard owners are probably disappointed he didn't play, but if anyone's looking at, like, more pay, um, even the defence looked better, playing a back three, Montoya... Um, but yeah, Bright- Brighton, I only saw the uh, match of the day highlights because it wasn't on TV, but Brighton winning 3-0, probably surprise of the weekend. Yeah, I would say that was that was definitely the surprise result of the weekend. Um, Watford were pretty solid last season. They were they were, they were were a tough team to go to. I think they gave us a, a decent game down there. They beat mm. Spurs. Um, and they didn't seem to lose too many players over the summer, so you would have thought... You know, it's pretty much much as the same as last season. They'll probably continue to roll on. Um, but yeah, that, that was a big shock. And I think, as you say, you've you've got one Brighton player in the team. I haven't. I've not looked towards Brighton. I will be honest. I wouldn't. I've got two actually. <laughs> well, I got two. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't look to them as 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 a club that I was going to pick up a bargain player from. But they they could be worth a shout. I mean, this weekend they've got West Ham at home. That's that's a big fixture because obviously West Ham are going to be looking to bounce back from the more and that they got at the weekend and then Brighton obviously flying high after a solid away victory. You'd, you'd like to see how that one unfolds if Brighton put another win together, six points out of six, then it could actually be worth an early season look at a couple of their players. I mean, Mopay was the big signing um, up front and Murray started, but then they switched to Andone and Mopay around about the... Mm. 60 minute mark, slight change in formation, and then both lads come on and scored. So I think we'll probably see the the slow integration of those two. Well, Andone was there last season, but I think Mope is probably the one he might put his, his faith in, yeah. and we'll start to yeah, see yeah, yeah. Murray faded out. But they are worth keeping a, a little eye on, and obviously, you mentioned Burnley. Um, they go to Arsenal this weekend, they're the early kickoff. They, they play one way. 
you know the way they're going to play it was absolutely lashing down on Saturday, which plays right into Burnley's hands. <laughs> uh, long ball up front, and then it was Vestergaard who, I don't know what he's seen, but he's seen something that was five foot ahead of what the ball was and fell over, and Ashley Barnes ran through. Um, you say you had Chris Wood up front? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, a Burnley striker is probably a decent third choice striker to have because they probably are going to pick up on our goalie and there. I mean, it's probably a toss up between would you go for uh, Wood, Barnes or even Jay Rodriguez when he's back? Is he going to get back into the starting lineup? But they, they are going to go to Arsenal and I imagine they'll cause Arsenal a few problems the way they play. They play direct, they play physical. Arsenal at the back are an absolute bag of bones. So, That'll be quite an interesting watch early on this weekend. Um, but there's a few teams you've got a lot to a lot to prove this weekend after what happened last week. Um, and I think we'll come on to the the match of the weekend on Saturday evening at five thirty at the Etihad is probably the one that most people's eyes are going to be on across the weekend. Yes, yes. I'll just go through a few uh, a few Brighton. Um people because I know not many people have have gambled on uh, Brighton players. Um Dunk is four five, he got eleven points. I think he got that lovely assist for Morpe. I, I think he's playing um the centre of a back three so he gets to be on the ball a bit more. I might be I might be wrong on that but going off the highlights it looked like he was. Um Duffy is five but probably not much difference between him and Dunk. Montoya who's playing at wing back is four five. He's one of the ones I've got um, in midfield, Pascal Gross, two years ago, he was everyone's um, gam- uh, um, cheap gamble. He's 6'5", so he might become an option. I mean, we talked about Perez earlier, same price there. Easy switch, Proper, who was an attacking midfielder in Holland, I believe. He he actually got forward for once. He's 5. Might be a decent option. And then up front, we mentioned um, pretty much all of them. Andone, 5. Morpé, 6. Murray, 6. And Lacadia five five, so there is quite a few cheap options there. But yeah, time will tell. I mean, Montoya is for me pretty safe bet. And if Trossard comes in, fair enough. If not, I'll just get rid of him. Um, but going off his preseason, he looked like he was. Uh, he looked like he was something. And whilst we're there, I might as well talk about Burnley. Pope got the start, which is probably um, good news for pretty much everyone who has most people who've picked him and maybe some people have picked Joe Hart I don't know why you would but um, yeah Pope got the start Eric Peters got the start over Charlie Taylor at left back which is probably disappointing for some people I think Peters got an assist or something got 14 points so he must have done yeah he got he picked up an assist Nice, nice. Ben Mee, Tarkowski, long-standing Lawton at right back. Goodmanson back in the uh, assists, I think he was. I think he got a goal, actually, didn't he? Um, He got nine points, and then up front, Barnes got 13 points, and my Chris Wood got two. So hopefully next week that is rules reversed. Um, And ball strikers are 6-5, Goodmanson 6 and all the defend all the fullbacks are four five and the centre backs are five and Pope's four five. Um so yeah that's the two surprises of the weekend. Do we have anything else to discuss from last weekend? Yes we do. Um the Sterling debate, I know people kind of put off a bit by Man City's early fixtures. I think most people forgot that City always tonk um, West Ham, as did I, because I only got De Bruyne and Zinchenko. But um, Sterling, people have kind of 
not been probably have been put off a bit by his 12 million um price tag in the game obviously got a first uh weekend hat trick against west ham is there is there an argument to like say for me example i've got kevin de bruyne is it is it worth me working off Dev- Kevin De Bruyne and getting is it yeah two point five extra to get um to get Sterling? I think if you got De Bruyne at that price, then yeah, for me it probably is worth juggling a couple of players around, and maybe getting Sterling. I think obviously we all seen what De Bruyne was two years ago. Um, how key he is to their team, but I think he is he, he's one from a deep role also. The assists are probably what you're banking on, and if you get a clean sheet bonus as well. Um, but Sterling being ready to the midfielder, you get the clean sheet bonus and you get the goals and the assists. Um, he was someone that I did try and have a look at fitting in my team, but I like to go with a bit more of a balanced team. Now, if we take um, the leader of our AI Money League, Mark Roberts, uh, congratulations to him on his outstanding first week. He got 93 points. He's got Sterling and Salah and Kane. And Van Dijk. However, he's not really got a lot much else um, within his team in terms of high profile. So I think Mark's gone with the gamble of he's got. He had Vertonghen on the bench as well. Um, who didn't play, obviously. He's gone with the gamble of two Spurs, two Liverpool, two City. And then bulked the squad out with a lot of mid-table players. Um, which is a, is a tactic for me that it's a 50-50 risk. You, you go with you go with six big hitters who are probably likely to play each week until um, someone gets injured or a change in fortunes and then just fill your squad out with mid-table players who are probably likely to pick up a, an average of like three to six points each week depending on clean sheets and so on. Or do you go with probably what myself and you, you've gone with is a more balanced squad and try to tried to pack him in field with goals and talents across the across the five or four and then see how you go with a couple of decent strikers and then probably rely on one quality defender plus a couple of mid tables who might get you a clean sheet every couple of weeks. Um it's a it's it's two different tactics to look at the game. I would go for Sterling but I can't afford him because uh, as my squad stands, I'd have to do a lot of rejigging. Um, Bernardo Silva is only eight million, so it's a. If I was going to do a straight swap, I've got to find four million somewhere else, and that probably means taking one of my strikers down to a a lower end of the league table, and then maybe even dropping one of my other midfielders um, into a a more of a six million range. So. That probably comes if you're going to do a wild card. Really, for me, you're probably going to have to change four to five to to get one key asset in. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he does this season, Raheem Sterling, because each year the pressure on him is getting more and more. He's he's a quality player that we can't deny that we'd love to have him in our team. If anyone who says mm-hmm. they wouldn't love to have him, it's only lying to themselves because he's a class player. Um, he has got quality, and it was. It was a shame, obviously, the way he left. It was not ideal circumstances, and that's what's tainted him. And yeah, when we do play Man City, I'll give them the absolute world of dogs abuse and give him it all when he comes to Anfield. And he tends to crumble into his little shell. But the rest of the season, he, he pretty much is 
a banker for points probably if he is starting. I'd say he probably now is up there as one of the two key men for Man City, really, for me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, fortunately for me, I may have the other key men. I mean, probably Laporte and Edison are there, but in terms of FPL assets, I think Sterling's number one. Interestingly, what what did you make of Jesus starting over Aguero? Do you think that's just, um, I don't know, maybe Jesus uh, reacted to the interrupted preseason better, but maybe do you think he's trying to work in Jesus this season? It's tough, obviously, with one game to look at, but maybe people move off Aguero? I wouldn't move off him just yet because he's he's world-class, isn't he? If Aguero plays 90% of the time, Aguero scores. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, unless it's a penalty and then he needs the help of VAR to allow him a second one, of course. <laughs> um, but I think we we probably all know that Jesus is... It's probably the one who Pep really wants in. But when you've got a player such as Aguero, then how do you take him out? And I think it's a case of he probably uses horses for courses when it is a big game. I imagine Aguero will get the nod. Um, but Jesus is probably going to get more starts than he'll get bench appearances, I think, this season. He will mm. try and fade him in. I actually, I think earlier on in the pod in the summer, I tipped Aguero to go. Mm. Um, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Uh, I think I would, the the idea behind it was um, I prob- I could see obviously Griezmann was going to go to to Barcelona um, and Atletico Madrid having an open spot him being an old Atletico player would he being costed off and go for an old hero in what he did with Torres and bring back Aguero um, did the opposite and spent 120 on a kid <laughs> yeah a kid who scored two fantastic goals as well we must add. Absolutely. Uh, against Juventus and then it, there was a picture flying around the other day on Twitter and it's Joe Felix in the foreground and Ronaldo in the background with a <laughs> yeah. massive scowl on his yeah. face and you, so, you can just yeah. that's the future right in front of your very eyes there he, he is a massively talented kid he's got a the world on his shoulders though at the moment and I, I do hope it works out for him because he's gone to Atletico so he's not gone to the big two in Spain um, like you would expect most players to go to Real Madrid or Barcelona and he could actually become an actual hero there if he stays there for a while but yeah um, I wouldn't I would probably stick with Aguero I wouldn't gamble with Jesus because we all know what Pep's like with rotation you haven't actually got any idea you you suffered it with Bernardo Silva what 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 did you what did you make of Mares playing the first game after his doping episode in the Community Shield it's um uh, uh, yeah, it, it's a weird one, isn't it? It is, and whether it would have made any impact or not, but Sonny's injury obviously leaves a, a yeah. gap in the squad. Um, we obviously, we hoped he was going to go to Bayern Munich because he's such a talented player. We wanted to see the back of him in the league, but he's out injured, so obviously it leaves them a little bit lighter in wing rotation options, whether he was transferred out or injured either way um, it could be a big season for Mahrez really because if they're going to play proper wing or more offensive wingers then you probably are going to go with Sterling and Mahrez or if you're looking for a bit more intricacy then you probably are going to bring in Bernardo yeah. um, I think over the course of the season Bernardo will play 
75% of the games compared to Mardis. Um mm. I think he's just biding his time and using his squad well. Um, but yeah, that, that was a bit disappointing for me that he didn't actually even get off the bench, but then he didn't need to really. They, they wiped the floor with West Ham. So yeah, um, Pep's wheel of rotation. The probably, the probably only banker really with Man City is Edison. <laughs> um, True. Because you, you literally you could look at his team one week and he could change five or six players and they're still world class. There's no doubt on what they've got there. Um, but you know, however they play, they get your points. So unfortunately, you've got to have a couple of them in your team. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, if you if you don't have, it's probably a struggle getting three. But if you don't have two, you're probably doing something a bit wrong. Uh, you could say the same about us, to be honest. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's a it's a tough one. Um, I'd have to make up two point five to get Sterling in over De Bruyne, and I'd, at the minute it seems worth it, but it'd be so difficult to do it. Um, but le- leading on to next game week or the coming game week, game week two. Um, I know you've made your transfer of Allison to Adrian. Planning anything else or too early for uh, minuses? No, it's too early for minuses. Um, at least try and get to the international window with just either banking a couple of week, a week transfer and having, having a double transfer week or just going with the one each week, just a little tinker here and there. Um, as my team lines up, it's going to be um, Adrian in goal, as we've said. Uh, Alexander-Arnold, I'm going to start Max Adams this week at home to Newcastle because he looked lively going forward against us. And then... I've got Martin Kelly in because mm. my other two options are Kafka, so it's Watford going to Everton. It, yeah, you couldn't pick really how that's going to unfold. You'd probably say Everton are going to win, but you wouldn't know. And then Gibson, who didn't feature for Burnley, even though, as you said, he featured all through pre-season. And I think you went with the same player as I did. Um, so, yeah, that'll be me back three of Kelly Adams, Alexander-Arnold. Midfield, I'm going to leave Bernardo in because they've got Spurs at home. Big game, big game player. I imagine Bernardo will probably come in over Maris. Um Salah to be my captain. Um, Zaha going to Southampton. Oh, no, Sheffield United, sorry. So I imagine Zaha will probably get the nod this weekend um, given the score to blank at the weekend against Everton. I'm going to leave Ceballos in like, home to Burnley. I think that could be Maybe not his type of game in terms of getting on the ball and playing, but a home fixture, Emery might be more inclined to give his new players a little run out in front of the home fans and give them something to speak about on Arsenal fan TV or rant, either <laughs> or. Um, over my hang up top, I say Bernie, uh, Vardy going to Chelsea. Now that, for me, is a Vardy type of game. He loves to score against the top six. Chelsea, obviously, away midweek. Suffered the Trouncing last weekend. Hopefully, suffered another one midweek. Um, confidence could be low. Vardy will love to play on the shoulder of Zuma. Um, so, yeah, I fancy a Vardy goal this weekend. And then Callum Wilson, Bournemouth again, they go to Villa. You would fancy it on paper that Wilson might get a goal there. So, I feel quietly confident this week that I should get above average. <laughs> um, but no major transfers as such. Um the fixture list actually looks pretty tasty this weekend. There's a few decent fixtures to to look out for, so hopefully um, we'll see a good week, weekend's worth of football. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We'll we'll get through the uh, we'll go through a couple of fixtures uh, after I go through my team. I'm just having a little play with it now. In terms of transfers, the only one I considering at the minute is Christiansen, but obviously the Super Cup we mentioned earlier. If we knock them twenty five nil, I imagine I'll take Christiansen out. <laughs> um, but yeah, that'll probably just I may go down to a four five or something like that just to make point five for future transfers. Probably one of the Burnley defenders, and then when I wildcard, I can get rid of Gibson for one of the ones that actually plays. Probably Kelly or Lundstrom or whoever. Um, yeah, that's probably the only one I'm looking at in terms of Christensen. But in terms of my lineup for next week, um, Henderson in goal from Chef United, Van Dijk, Montoya at the well. It have to be Montoya. I'm not playing Christensen. Um, Zinchenko, obviously big game as you mentioned. Salah away at Southampton might captain him, considering what Southampton did on game week one. De Bruyne, um, Fraser, Aston Villa away. Aston Villa played quite well against Tottenham, but kind of crumbled in the second half, so that should be an interesting one. Perez against Chelsea, again, similarly to Yovardi, they should get, well, maybe not with the way Chelsea are playing, they should get more counter-attacking opportunities, but maybe not. Uh, But yeah, uh, Yotta against Manchester United, hopefully a better test there. Um, Wood against Arsenal, awful defence and Kane, because you're not going to bench Kane uh, maybe gamble on Trossard over someone um, but I won't be making any big gambles there, if it's Trossard maybe over one of the strikers because all three of them have tough fixtures Um, so yeah let's get to the fixtures then, you, you mentioned the first one, in my, the big one, Man City and Spurs Um, I imagine Man City a big favourite, but is this probably a a bit of a litmus test for Spurs? Kind of struggled a bit against Aston Villa, but people seem to think they've got that third place locked in. Maybe push the top two a bit more. Is this is this their litmus test? I would say so, and I I, I would say it actually is for City as well. Um, obviously, the Community Shield was a little bit of a wet the appetite, but yeah. you know we, we're both missing key players, but. We sort of cancelled each other out. We both had a half each, and then obviously uh, the the penalties was penalties. But um, City obviously are going to be strong favourites. They're going to fancy themselves. But with what happened last season in the Champions League with Spurs at the Etihad, will that be in the back of the mind? Will that be something that Pep touches on? Um, and obviously Spurs have strengthened. They are. As you say, they're the shoe in for fair at the moment. They are probably the closest challengers on paper to, to Woods and City. Um, half five on a Saturday. I always like a half five fixture because you, you've you got the full attention of the whole football and world. The half 12, you sort of forget about, unless it's a really big game. But the half five for me, I do like it because um, you've got your three o'clocks out the way. You've checked your bet. You've lost all your money. So then you sit down in front of the telly, you you might have a couple of beers or you might have your food and then So the one to you enjoy tuck, your football, isn't it? You you tuck into your to your R five fixture. It's much better when it's Man City Spurs and it's Chelsea versus Sheffield United or something. Um I could probably see this as an opportunity where Spurs might actually get something um early on in the season. They might catch City a little bit off guard. City are missing 
a couple, not too many, but they're missing a couple of players. Um, and Harry Kane's got off the mark early, which up until last season he hadn't scored in August. And them two goals when his first one was a little bit of a, a lucky t- bounce. They were typical Harry Kane goals. But then the <laughs> second one, the second one was it was a quality finish. We'll give him that. Um, I can't really call it to be honest. I mean the 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 usual sign would be to go with a Man City win, but it was just what Spurs did them last season. And we've seen the psychology of what Liverpool did to Man City a couple of years ago and how it affected them. And they changed the way they played us last season because they were they were fearful of the way we attacked them and the way we, we closed them down, the way we play. Will Pep go with his usual gung-ho and just let his players play the way he is? Or is he going to have a slight change in tactic for Spurs? Uh, it, that's what's so intriguing to watch and then across the rest of the weekend the, the, for me there's not one not one standout fixture I wouldn't even call it a Super Sunday if you want to call it that either um, we'll just fly through the fixtures quickly now would you um, mm-hmm. Ars- Arsenal Burnley the early lunchtime kickoff on a Saturday as I say that could easily be forgotten about you that, could go out and do your weekly shop that's, <laughs> you wouldn't that's know. just simply attack v defence that one is <laughs> yeah and that's just you could, an Arsenal's team <laughs> you could go out and do your, your Saturday lunchtime shop and probably come back and go oh by the way that was the result for that match uh, your three o'clocks nothing really sets the light apart from obviously the Reds at Southampton that's just probably going to be the focus of most of our listenership um, Villa at home to Bournemouth Brighton at home to West Ham, Everton at home to Watford, Norwich at home to Newcastle, and obviously we round off the three o'clocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Saturday evening we've touched on City Spurs, and then Sunday, Super Sunday, listening here, start with Sheffield United at home to Crystal Palace. So if you've not done your shopping on a Saturday, go and do it Sunday afternoon at two o'clock. And then Chelsea versus Leicester is the later kickoff, which we could see anything given what Chelsea are at the moment and how hopefully they'll get hammered against Liverpool tomorrow and then your Monday Night Football back with Wolves versus Man United which actually is probably a pretty intriguing game because Wolves are slightly ahead of everyone in terms of they've had European fixtures to contend with and then it'll be an interesting test for Man United they went there last season and lost if I remember rightly Um, so that could be actually an interesting watching Monday Night Football yeah, it's a, it's an intriguing game week. I think it'll answer a lot of questions, really. I think um, City Spurs, as we mentioned, Arsenal Burnley. I mean, will Pepe and Lacazette start this one? That'll probably be the most interesting question there. And will we finally get to see Mustafi and David Luiz? Please, for the love of God, give it to me. Um, but in, in Chelsea Leicester as well. I think that'll answer a lot of questions about both, really. But in terms of Maybe answering a couple questions. Everton v Watford. I know Everton had like a Warby missing and Watford had um, their big signing of Saar missing as well. I think that might be an interesting one because Everton with a nil-nil on the opening day gives us nothing. And Watford getting tonked, um, they may rush in their big money signing. So that'll be an interesting fixture for me. But in terms of our fixture, anything about Southampton? I know they turned up against us last season and give us a tough game. And that was the game where Milner and Henderson saved us, uh, which was a weird one. But yeah, any anything about Southampton, just in general, not fantasy? Um, not really. I would say 
I'd like to see some rotation early on from Klopp, whether that comes in the Super Cup or whether it comes against Southampton. Um, I don't want to see him leave players on the bench too long. Um, the likes of Keita, the likes of Ox, even Shaqiri, um, I'd like to see them get in and get a few minutes. So I think either against Chelsea or against Southampton is the ideal time to probably bring in one or two of those lads. Um, I'd like to see one of them from the start. I like I like Keita. Um so I'd like to see him get a start over the next two games. And I don't think there's any need to rush Mane back. I think Mane could be easily left on the bench against Chelsea and easily left on the bench against Southampton. But I imagine he will start mm. one of them games. Um, it's going to be a tricky fixture. They always are. Um, away to, when we go away anywhere now, we are up there with City with the massive targets on our back. However, teams do seem to roll over a little bit more friendly for City than what they do for us. So it'll be interesting how teams approach us this season with what we've done last year. Um, I would say a 2-0 victory would be nice, a clean sheet for Adrian. Um, get the defence a bit more solid and just a couple of goals up top. Uh, Salah would be nice since he's my captain. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd like us just to get a bit more settled over the next few weeks. Obviously, we were a bit all over the place on our first game and just calm the nerves of the fans and the players alike um, clean sheets a couple of goals and get back to the uh, Liverpool and then we've got a week off I think then until our next fixture which will be Arsenal um, so I think yeah that, that 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 would be my ideal fixture and just a little touch on Everton obviously uh, where I'm from where I work there's a lot of Evertonians about they fancy this fixture big time this weekend um, especially oh, after right. Watford off for getting beat, they they fancy themselves big time, and um, they do think Fortress a few of the, a few a few of the uh, the new fellas might feature. Um, probably Kane or Ken, however you pronounce his name from the start. Um, I don't think a will get in right away. Um, do you expect him to be on the bench probably this weekend and stick with Bernard uh, just for a couple of weeks? But they do actually fancy themselves to get a win um, this weekend, so. Bear that in mind if anyone has got any uh, blue noses within the, that's the squad. A, that's a Wofford win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I, I think I predicted two all on the Reds review, but that was ages ago. Uh, but I didn't realise what Southampton wouldn't buy a defender. I think they got one eventually, but yeah, that will play. So yeah, I, I'm quite quietly confident against Southampton, but they they always there seem to be that one club that always steps up against us, which is really annoying. Um, so yeah, I think we'll win. I don't think it'll be as comfortable as what they had what they had on the uh, first game week. Um, but Jay, we'll finish with captain picks. I heard you mentioned Salah there. Have you locked him in? Yeah, I'm going to stick with Salah. Um, I think for what I've got in my squad, it's between Salah and Aubameyang who are going to be my captains. Um, at home to Burnley, you probably fancy Arsenal to get a few goals, but then Burnley are quite resolute at the back. Um, so yeah, I'm going to stick with Salah for this week. He seems to look a little sharper than usual at the moment, so locked in with Salah. Um, I think Aubameyang is my vice-captain, but I don't see Salah not playing. Yeah, absolutely. I think mine's on Salah at the minute. Vice-captain's De Bruyne, just because I think midfield 
if they're still playing Moussa Sissoko, De Bruyne might have a lot of the ball and stuff like that, so it'll be interesting. In terms of other options, I've just got a, a few fixtures in front of me. Vardy against Chelsea, if they if they continue to forget how to defend. Vardy should ha- could have a field day. Um, in terms of easiest fixtures, the site I'm using, say Bournemouth and Villa have the easiest ones. Maybe Gamble and Callum Wilson. I'm not sure attacking-wise who you could put it on for Villa. Maybe Gamble and Wesley or something like that. Probably not worth it. Um, then us, West Ham, maybe Haller as a gamble. Outside of that, maybe you expect Burnley to be poor against Arsenal or something like that. But there's not many too, too, there's not too many clear and obvious captain picks outside of Salah, I suppose. So, yeah, I'll no, him in. Un- unless someone was brave enough to go for for the likes of Timo Pukki at Newcastle, mm. uh, going to Norwich, it's a long journey. That'll answer a lot uh, of questions, that one, as well. It'll, that'll be that'll be intriguing, actually, to see the outcome of that and, and the fallouts um, in the fan bases and the media from that one, depending on how that one works. I mean, you would the way Norwich played against us, they looked a handy outfit. And I don't think they're going to change um, their approach to the game. And Newcastle had they had a, they had a good go at the weekend against Arsenal. They had a, a few tidy bits of play, and Joe Linton looks a player. So that that'll be interesting to watch on match of the day on Saturday night and see how that one unfolds. It got the potential to have quite a few goals in that game. Yeah, yeah, and I think in terms of answering questions, I mean, if Norwich can sparkle like they did in the second half against us and Newcastle. Maybe we get to see Joel Linton, Almiron, even San Maxim, who who did like a kip-up type thing in the game oh, for no reason. True HBK style. Yeah, it was brilliant. It's just I might just get him in just for that. So he might not play, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that'll, that'll, be, that'll be one of the intriguing games of the weekend, I reckon. Um, so yeah, I'm going to lock in Salah as well for now, and unless I do some mad-ass tinkering with my team, but I don't think I will. So yeah, that that's it, Jay. We somehow got an hour, just under an hour with both of us. Good, good, good innings, I reckon. Yeah, we had a decent knock there. We opened up the uh, the proceedings pretty well. While Sai's hiding in Germany, in uh, in air quotes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for joining me, Jay. If you've got any transfer uh, or fantasy questions or anything, um, just put just send me a tweet or Jay a tweet or anyone involved with the AI Fantasy Pod a tweet, and I'm sure we'll get back to you. Uh, maybe you want to avoid, <laughs> maybe you want to avoid our advice and just listen to this to laugh at us or whatever. But thanks for listening. Uh, goodbye. <laughs>